This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. Hello, and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about one of my favorite herbs. Oh, me too. Oh, yay. Well, I, I think it's basically like everyone's favorite herb worldwide. Basically, we're talking about basil. Basil! I really hesitated because I almost said basil. (laughs) Uh, Basil is, according to babycenter.com, the 2,660th most popular name for babies this year. Moving on up. I, I it, guess. It's actually moving on down. It was more popular <laughs> last year, but... oh, <laughs> That's too bad. I wonder where herb, our herb, <laughs> is on that list. Oh, research for another day. Yes. But no, today we are talking about basil. And what is it? Well, basil is a tender flowering plant with oblong leaves that are highly aromatic. The species, Ockhamum basilicum, is in the same family as mints and lots of other culinary herbs like sage, oregano, lavender, and thyme. There are over 60 types of basil. Oh my gosh. I am saying basil, and I don't know why or how. Okay. I mean, just roll with it. Okay. I, you know, some days you say basil, some days you say basil. Some days you probably say a completely different pronunciation. Anyway. 
There are over 60 types. Mm-hmm. Uh, shades of green to purple to red. Depending on the variety, basil plants may grow about one to three feet tall. That's up to a meter. And taste-wise, basil can have notes of lemon, anise, cinnamon, clove, licorice, citrus, jasmine, and thyme. Most basil grown in Asia typically has a stronger clove flavor. I feel like I need to go into a room and, like, have <laughs> some kind of speech therapy. I genuinely can't tell if you're doing this on purpose I'm not now. doing it on purpose. I don't know what's going on. This is a terrific, like, Madonna moment. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Here we go. According to what I read, it's best to pick basil leaves before the plant flowers, which means I'm SOL because mine has beautiful, bright white buds. Um, to prevent this, growers are advised to pinch it back. Uh, yeah, for, for optimal herb leaf growth, you're, you're going to want to trim off flowers as they start to grow. However, basil flowers are also edible. Uh, lo- lots of herb flowers are edible. Uh, Google to be sure before you eat something. But yeah, um, basil buds and flowers are a little bit more peppery than the leaves and are a pretty delightful addition to like salads and cocktails, stuff like that. Bees and other pollinators also do like them. So uh, leaving flowers on your outdoor plants can help out some of those local pollinator populations. Mm-hmm. And all is not lost for me. Because I also read that uh, apparently basil keeps away cockroaches, flies, and mosquitoes. Uh, it's a plant that can, that can grow pretty well without pesticides because, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of bugs don't like it. Mine grows pretty well in general because I'm really bad with plants. And I had, I had 11, like, herbs last year, uh-huh. and now I have only two, the basil and the parsley. And they, like, I've forgotten to water them for weeks. Oh, sure. And they are still kicking. Yeah. And they're both lovely and delightful and probably about the only thing I can grow. <laughs> I've done that with mint. Oh, yeah. Mint is tough. Oh, yes. It's it's going to outlast all of us. <laughs> yes. It will. Um, an African legend asserts that basil keeps away scorpions. On the other hand, because something we learned during the research for this is that basil is full of contradictions throughout history. Um, In the 1600s, English botanist Nicholas Culpepper, referring to a French physician, suggested that it was understood that smelling too much basil would turn your brain into a breeding ground for scorpions. So it either keeps scorpions away or merely smelling it will make scorpions appear in your in your brain cavity one or the other <laughs> um, basil has a surprising amount of connections throughout history to scorpions another superstition of the time was that if you left a leaf of basil underneath a pot it would transform into a scorpion after enough time had passed A 16th century Flemish doctor warned that if you crushed a basil leaf between two bricks, you'd have a scorpion on your hands. Were people doing this en masse, leaving basil between bricks? I think it just gets left there, and sometimes scorpions show up later. You and your logic, Lauren. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of logic, uh, basil nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. In it, okay, in the amounts that you would eat basil, um, it's essentially nutritionally moot. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I guess it's, it's got some fiber. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you eat about two chopped tablespoons of basil, you're giving yourself about 5% of your daily recommended intake of vitamin A. Two chopped tablespoons. Okay. That might be, yeah, depending on how much you're eating. I'm not sure. Um, 
Herbs in general are a wonderful addition to foods because they pack a lot of flavor without adding sugar or fats. I have been known to just... I guess it's not, like, I'm not frying them, but I'll make them crispy. Like, I'll just oh them yeah. in a pan, oh, and I'll yeah. just eat the leaves. Oh, sure. Mm. Um, chemically, basil has a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, that hint of clove comes from eugenol, the same chemical that gives clove its cloviness. There's higher levels of citral or liminol along with the terpene chemical limonene. Um, and this is the same thing that's behind lemon peel scent. Those chemicals are present in high levels in lemon and lime basil. The same is true for the chemicals behind licorice, for licorice basil, cinnamon for cinnamon basil, so on. There are so many types that have kind of similar... Yeah, flavor profiles to something else. Exactly. Throughout history, basil has been used for a plethora of medicinal purposes. Bronchitis, insect bites, cold, muscle pains. Ayurvedic medicine employed basil seeds. Current studies are looking into basil's potential anti-cancer, antimicrobial, antioxidant, and antiviral properties, as well as, um, well, it also has a known carcinogen called estradiol. But studies in rodents show that you need to take in about 1,000 times what's considered a normal amount of basil before it give you cancer. An entry I found on the supernatural uses of basil included love, wealth, cheerfulness, flying protection, and exorcism. Oh, yeah. So let's let's talk about some production, shall we? Yeah, if you want to get all of those all of those benefits. Uh, although basil plants will survive year to year, as you have found, Annie, um, in in, will, in warm climates or kept indoors, they are generally treated as an annual crop for production, replant, replanted every year. They will not survive a frost. Farmers can harvest up to five crops from the same plants in a single growing season. Once harvested, basil has to be treated pretty carefully to avoid damage. It's uh, usually refrigerated immediately, like in the field, if possible, um, after harvest. Even when it's dried, it is treated very gently, heated to no higher than about 90 degrees Fahrenheit, about 32 degrees Celsius, to preserve the oils in it. For growing at home... uh, if you ever buy fresh basil that you really like, try trimming like a centimeter or so of the stalk off of uh, off of a sprig, and then just putting it in water in a sunny spot. Basil is pretty good at uh, growing from from cuttings. Mm-hmm. Uh, once a couple centimeters worth of roots grow, you can just plant it in soil. But it also does grow pretty well without soil. It's one of the plants being experimented with in hydroponic and aquaponic studies, uh, investigating alternatives to traditional farming, which could become more important as climate change affects our farmlands. Indeed. One study I found was testing out basil's growth in water inhabited by crawfish, and it did really well. Aw, food stuff. <laughs> food stuff past and present intertwine. Mm-hmm. And speaking of hydroponics, one of the best ways to keep basil fresh once it's been cut off of a plant is to place the stems in water and keep the, like, vase of basil that you've got at that point in the fridge. Just change out the water every day. You might want to cover the whole thing in plastic. Your results may vary. Uh, separate leaves, once they're de-stemmed, can be layered with paper towels to, to keep them fresh a little bit longer. Some guides say that the paper towels should be damp. Again, your results may vary. Mm-hmm. By the numbers, uh, basil numbers are difficult to track because yeah. it, a lot of it is fresh, um, and that's generally used locally, like pretty quickly after the harvest. But uh, France, Italy, India, Thailand, and Egypt grow a lot, producing just amongst themselves thousands of tons per year. 
Hundreds of tons of dried basil are imported to the United States and various European countries every year, and basil oil is also a major production. As of the mid-1990s, about 43 tons, that's $2.8 million worth of basil oil, were in production every year. Oof. Basil is used in various delicious ways in cuisines all around the world. Thai, Laotian, Vietnamese, Italian, Mediterranean, Chinese, Indonesian, Indian, basil chicken, pesto, caprese, um, all my favorite pizza, the margarita, deep fried basil, um, alongside fruits, in desserts, in cocktails. That dessert we had at Food and Wine, it had basil. Yeah, yeah, the key lime and watermelon one. Oh, so yeah. good. And it's an ingredient in chartreuse. It's one of the things that makes it green. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what I thought chartreuse was, (laughs) but I never would have guessed (laughs) that had basil in it. Uh, Basil seeds are also eaten. If you soak them in water for like a couple minutes up to 30 minutes, they'll they'll plump up with a gelatinous coating the same way that that chia seeds do. Ah, uh uh-huh. And what's happening here is that the the outer layer, the outer skin of the seed, contains uh, mucilage or, or mucilage, perhaps uh, the sticky stuff that that expands and becomes sort of jelly-like when it absorbs water. And this is helpful to seeds because it means that when they encounter moist soil, uh, that that mucilage grabs up water for the seed to use and and also kind of sticks it in. To the soil. It's also rad for eating because it's texturally interesting. You get a little bit of chew and like this burst of mild floral flavor and then a crunch from the seed within. Um, bloomed basil seeds are incorporated into cold drinks and chilled and frozen desserts in India and Southeast Asia. Ooh, I bet that's good. Oh, yeah. So it's sort of like a like tapioca balls yeah. and um, bubble tea. Yeah. I have a friend. This reminds me um, because I was thinking about this like two days ago. <laughs> I have a friend who is a – she used to have a pretty substantial um, fear of eating anything with seeds in it. Like she won't eat strawberries. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Uh Because the little tiny – Sure. Because she thought – she knew it was ridiculous, but she said she couldn't shake the idea that it would like sprout in her stomach and kill her. uh Um, And I've been meaning to follow up because I was eating pumpkin seeds the other day and I was like, I wonder if this counts – or if it's a specific type of seed. I like to know more about people's fears of things. I'm one of those weird people. So I'm glad I have this reminder <laughs> to follow up. <laughs> to follow up, yeah. To follow up. I just want to understand. If it's only whole seeds or, yeah, if you crunch the seed, then clearly you're killing it, I think. Right? I mean. Yeah. How, how far does this seed phobia go? That's all I need to know. But that's that's a project. That's a side project I'll do on my own time. Absolutely. For now. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking about basil, which has been a symbol of love in Italy. And on certain Portuguese holidays, it makes up a part of a gift to a loved one. Please, if there's any listeners in Portugal, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, but throughout its history, as we sort of alluded to, basil has represented everything from hatred to royalty to Satan. Sometimes all at once. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into that confusing mash of legend and history. But first, we're going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. All right. So, basil history is tough to track down. It is. Um, but we have tried to make sense of the confusing history that we have uncovered. Um, and we will present it to you. As, as unconfusingly as possible. That, that is what we promise. That is the foodstuff <laughs> guarantee. <laughs> We do our best. So, basil has been cultivated for about 5,000 years or so and most likely originated in India or around there. It was found in the tombs of mummies, and historians think it was used in embalming and preserving in ancient Egypt. Some of the first records, written records of basil came out of Hunan, China in 807 CE. So that's pretty newish. Um, Relatively. Yeah, relatively. I'm used to, like, back in 6,000 BCE, whatever, whatever happened. Um, the ancient Greeks associated basil with mourning, referring to it as the royal herb, possibly because of the Greek word basilius, meaning king. And the French still call it the herb royale. Uh, yeah, the, the ancient Greek term for basil was basilicon phyton, a royal plant. The Oxford English Dictionary entry on basil recounts it might have been, um, quote, some royal ungent bath or medicine, and that might be where the name came from. Another possible etymological origin, though less likely, suggests that the Latin basilicus uh, as the root word for basil, basilicus meaning dragon, the same root word for basilisk. Uh, yeah, this is less, less likely, but anytime we can bring up a basilisk in a show... Uh, yeah, it's it's probably definitely not the root of the word basil, but at one point, the Latin term for basil 
and the Latin term for basilisk were the same, basiliscus. Yes. The French words for basil and basilisk are still the same, basilic. And this might be where the connection to scorpions comes in. Ah. Okay. So the ancient Greek word basiliskos, meaning little king, was the term for, uh, for a type of bird that had this golden crest of feathers on its head. The word could also refer to a kind of poisonous snake that had a spot on its head that supposedly resembled a crown. Uh, Pliny talked about this and might have been referring to king cobras. Uh-huh. From these creatures, we got the mythological basilisk, the venomous lizard or serpent type being, and part of the myth of the basilisk was that basil was a cure for its venom. Oh, Herbalists were already using basil oil topically to treat insect bites. And furthermore, the basilisk and the scorpion were associated with one another because they were both venomous. Oh. So if, if Harry had had basil in his fight with the basilisk, he would have been fine. He would have been like, be gone. I've got my basil. No venom from you will do me any harm. <laughs> I really don't understand why J.K. didn't 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 go that way yeah. instead of with a phoenix <laughs> phoenix yeah. tear. I don't know. We'll never know. Maybe Unless the phoenix cries tears of basil. You got there before I did. <laughs> we think alike. <laughs> J.K. friend of the show. I wish <laughs> if you happen to be listening, just you know confirm deny. If you have any extra time, yeah. Uh, a Greek legend gives basil its scientific name after a Greek warrior, Ochimus, uh, was killed by a gladiator. Basil grew where he fell. There's a similar-ish legend uh, that has basil growing on the spot where Helen and St. Constantine found the Holy Cross. Uh, yeah, some medieval legends describe Helen following a trail of basil up to the cross um, as the herb had apparently sprung up wherever Jesus' blood had fallen to the earth. Um, and one legend in particular says that basil was growing on the cross itself. Uh, this might have come from what, uh, what John wrote was inscribed on the cross, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The Greek version of that inscription uses the word Basilius for king. Hmm. And another name for Basil is St. Joseph's wart, named after Mary's husband. I didn't know that. I feel like a fool. St. Joseph wart? Yeah. Is Basil? Yeah. Not St. John's wart, which is a totally oh. separate thing. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> Phew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the one with all the mental properties is St. John's wart. The one that's basil is St. Joseph's wart. The, one's, the one that's basil. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. From India and through the Middle East, basil made its way to Europe in the 16th century, although European accounts of it, of it exist before then. Oh, yeah. From there, it made the jump across the pond to the Americas in the 17th century. Yeah, and, and I think it was definitely in southern Europe way before that. Yeah. yeah. By northern Europe, it made its way out, too. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. um, basil shows up in Jewish folklore, granting strength during fasting. European lore took a slightly different track, occasionally using basil as a symbol of Satan. Ancient Greeks and Romans believed that basil only flourished when abuse was a factor. And because of that belief, they associated it with hate, bad fortune, poverty, and Satan himself. This connotation with basil was so strong that some Greek farmers may have let curse words fly when planting basil um, and inspired the French to come up with the phrase simila basilica as a slang for slander. 
Uh, I can only hope they were farmers just... Cussing out their basil plants as they were sowing. Yeah. I can only hope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This whole Satan thing stuck around, too. In the 1600s, Natural History, published by Lord Francis Bacon... Uh, he posited that a basil plant left in the sun for too long would turn into time, courtesy of the devil. Is time like evil or something? I'm not sure. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, I was like, I want to know, but I'm, I must focus my efforts <laughs> on basil. I suppose related is the practice of giving young unwed women a basil leaf to carry around. If it withered before the lady got hitched, well, I don't have to tell you. I, I think you I think you do. What what did it what did it mean? It meant they were unchaste, obviously. Oh and you couldn't marry them. Oh. Okay. I guess that wasn't very obvious. They had different beliefs back then about basil than we do now. Um in Hinduism, Tulsi, or holy basil, is believed to have a connection to the gods, Vishnu, one of them. Holy basil was used in the preparation of holy water in the Greek Orthodox Church, and rumors of history say that it might have been found near the tomb of Christ post-resurrection. So, not satanic like that non-holy basil. Uh, yeah, by the 1600s, um, people in England would hang basil in doorways to ward off flies and perhaps evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Basil is still used when preparing holy water in the Serbian, Macedonian, and Romanian churches, and some churches have basil pots under the church altars. When the British controlled India, Tulsi basil was sometimes used in the place of the Bible as something to swear on in court. This spiritual aspect of basil meant that it showed up in a lot of rituals and ceremonies. The ancient Greeks and Egyptians thought that basil was the key to opening the gates of heaven and allowing the dead passage. It was sort of, I think I read somewhere, seen as your passport to get in. Huh. Both the Europeans and Indians have traditions of placing basil in the hands or mouth, respectively, of the dead or dying to ensure their safe journey in the afterlife. It was at one point in uh, Greece or Rome considered a sacred herb to be picked only by men under the guidance of priests. Priests like wearing new outfits. Oh. Who had not been hanging around with with women. Unchaste women? Well, with women who could have been menstruating because, you know, that's the worst. It's true. Super unclean. It's true. You have to be careful when you're picking your basil. You do. It was once believed that a a woman on her period who called a man would cause him to die. Oh. (laughs) There have been some interesting theories and history about that. But, (laughs) well, speaking, speaking sort of related, uh, in the 1300s, the Decameron by Boccaccio included a pretty dark tale where Basil played an integral role. The story centers around Elisabetta, whose lover was murdered by her brothers. The lover's spirit appears to her one night in a dream, informing her of where he's buried. She recovers his head and hides it in a pot of basil that is freshly watered with her tears and her lover's demise. When her brothers find out, they take the pot from her, and soon after, she dies, overwhelmed by grief. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's chipper. It is. And it spawned the equally chipper John Keats's Isabella or the Pot of Basil. And here, I mean, spoiler alert, here are the last two two bits of that. 
Piteous, she'd look on dead and senseless things, asking for her lost basil amorously, and with melodious chuckle in the strings of her lorn voice, she oftentimes would cry after the pilgrim in his wanderings to ask him where her basil was and why twas hid from her. For cruel tis, said she, to steal my basil pot away from me. And so she pined, and so she died forlorn, imploring for her basil to the last. No heart was there in Florence but did mourn, in pity of her love so overcast. And a sad ditty of the story born, from mouth to mouth through all the country past. Still is the burthen sung, O cruelty, to steal my basil pot away from me. This also morphed into another bit of cultural symbolism. Um, in, in Italy, if a woman placed a pot of basil on her balcony, it might mean that she was ready for her suitor to arrive. And if he showed up with a sprig of basil, she'd, she'd know that he was serious. Well, clearly. I mean, obviously. He had to go get the basil. Yeah. Show up. <laughs> Two-step process. <laughs> um, and speaking of tragedies and basil... If we skip way ahead to the 1980s, a bulletin on herbs from the British Ministry of Agriculture labeled basil as being of, quote, little or no importance. Little or no importance. Right? That it, is tragic. It is. Why would, why would you say that? They don't know. British Ministry of yeah. Agriculture. What, what, what are you doing? Oh, I think we're proving them wrong every day, every day of our lives. You and I are. <laughs> One caprese salad at a time. (laughs) One margarita pizza per day. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's that's the kind of interesting mishmash of. I had no idea. Oh, me either. That we're going to be talking about scorpions scorpions so much, basilisks, Satan. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Now you know, and knowing's half the basil. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to crawl under the desk after that one. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Dylan is applauding quite enthusiastically. He is. Thank you. Thank you, Dylan. Well, that brings us to more or less the end of our basil episode, but we've got some listener mail for you right after we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Yes, it is time for some listener mail. That's kind of Satan-y. Sure. <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I've been listening to creepy music soundtracks oh. at my desk all day. Oh, man. I don't know what kind of day... This is turning out to be <laughs> for me, but maybe this explains why you are possessed by the spirit of, of Basil. I feel like I almost had a, a mental break, and I need to consider uh, my theory is that perhaps I'm a sleeper agent, and that was I'm going to be leaking out. It, yeah, and it could be triggered at any moment, or maybe I'm alternate cloning. Are you? C- oh, oh gosh, <laughs> my whole life is a lie. <laughs> Thank you, Basil or Basil, <laughs> for helping me realize how much I have to to ruminate on. Yeah, to reconsider. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, listener mail. Kenna wrote, growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, everyone I knew ate peanut butter sandwiches. However, since my grandfather was a beekeeper, our family recipe was a little different. We always ate peanut butter and honey. Ooh, yeah. My younger brother was an alarmingly picky eater, so my mother, trying to sneak more protein into our diets, would add wheat germ. If all else failed, she would use cookie cutters to make a sandwiches with stars, hearts, or other shapes in the middle, which would guarantee that we would eat the crust around it to free the fun shape in the center. Very wise of your mom. Very mm-hmm. wise. I'd obviously had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at other people's houses, and we would occasionally have them at home when we were out of honey. But I had no idea that anyone else didn't eat peanut butter and honey sandwiches until I changed school in the third grade and swapped sandwich halves with children who hadn't grown up with me and my mother's take on the peanut butter sandwich for the first time. The reaction of a third grader raised on creamy jiff and smuckers on white bread to whole wheat bread, amber honey, wheat germ, and crunchy peanut butter sandwich was something to behold. (laughs) Needless to say, very few of my third grade friends tried to swap lunches with me again. I would have. Right? That sounds delicious. Uh, I I was also a very picky eater around the third grade, but... I, I don't think I would have appreciated that, but that sounds great right now. Oh, it does. I forgot about the the wondrous combination that is peanut butter and honey. Oh, yeah. Mm. Pe- peanut butter and... Fluffernut sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Lib- Liberty sandwiches. Liberty sandwiches. 
Kara, or Cara, wrote, All of your Kentucky-related episodes have been hitting right at home with me as I went to the University of Louisville, go cards, and fell so deep in love with Kentucky that I stayed an extra six years after graduation. Please promise to go to Louisville on your next trip as there is just so much food and drink to be had in my favorite city. While I had to leave Kentucky for my career, I hope to come back someday, and I have always wanted to be a distillery tour guide. As a Kentucky lover and bourbon lover, your bourbon episodes were especially wonderful. Thank you. I have two anecdotes related to bourbon, but neither of them occurred in Kentucky. First, the summer before my freshman year of high school, I went on a particularly torturous road trip with my parents from southern Illinois to the Grand Canyon. Being 14 and hating everything was bad enough, but my dad was determined to have every roadside attraction experience possible. In Missouri, we stopped at Barrels of Fun. There, we learned that they make the overwhelming majority of the world's barrels and got to tour the cooperage. It was a hokey tourist trap, and my teenaged angst equated it to basically torture. In my family, it's no barrels of fun is now my family's gauge of all vacation experiences. You can imagine our jokes years later when we visited a distillery when my parents visited me in Kentucky and saw the miles and miles of barrels. Second, a few years ago, I visited the Jameson Distillery in Dublin. I was fresh off a red-eye flight wearing a Louisville shirt. They asked me many questions about the bourbon trail, and throughout the tour, they made sure to point out the Kentucky bourbon barrels they have in the distillery. In the tasting room, I impressed them with my ability to recognize Jim Beam by taste. After their insistence of several shots and taking a few selfies with the Kentucky girl, I just didn't have the heart to tell them I was born in New York. I left Dublin a little drunk and as a whiskey sister of the lovely folks at Jameson. That's so fun. That is terrific. Oh, duly noted. (laughs) Barrels of fun should be how we all judge vacations. Yeah. Is it it barrels of fun fun? Mm. Or not barrels of fun goodness. We're going to have a few field trips to gauge these vacation experiences on on this on this scale. We coming are. up. Yeah. Oh, we could make a chart. <laughs> I like making charts. <laughs> yes, so if you have any um, suggestions of where you'd like us to go, where you think would be good and also places that would be good within those places. Yes. Yes. Please send them our way. Our first such field trip or second, I guess Kentucky was our first. Uh, is going to be Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina. Uh-huh. So, um, so if y'all know any terrific places or people in Asheville who make or talk about food, yeah. Write in and let us know. We'd love to we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Our email for such writing in is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. We're also on social media. You can contact us there. On Facebook and Twitter, we are at foodstuffhsw, stands for how stuff works. Over on Instagram, we are simply at food stuff. We do hope to hear from you. Thank you, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, who puts up with us. He is barrels of fun. He is so many barrels of fun. (laughs) And thank you to you for listening. We hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.